Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you've tuned in to Smoke News Radio. This is episode number eight, and tonight we will be talking about what's happening in Florida and also what's happening in Japan. All right, sit tight and let's get into this. Florida lawmaker files bill to decriminalize marijuana in the Sunshine State. This is from ABC Action News, and this was published on August 7, 2019. A new bill has been filed to decriminalize marijuana in Florida. Democratic State Representative Shervin Jones from Broward County filed HB 25 into legislation on Monday, which would decriminalize the possession of certain amounts of marijuana. State Attorney Jack Campbell won't prosecute certain marijuana cases. Inhale and exhale. Here we go. The bill will reduce criminal penalties. Hold on. The bill will reduce criminal penalties for possession of 20 grams or less of cannabis and products containing 600 milligrams or less of THC. The proposal also specifies that juveniles arrested for possession of certain amounts of cannabis would be eligible for civil citation or pre-arrest diversion programs on their first offense. If the bill passes, anyone caught with marijuana will have reduced criminal penalties and consequences, which means less jail time, a smaller fine, a clean criminal record, and more. Under Florida law, possession of less than 20 grams of cannabis is a first-degree misdemeanor with penalties of up to one year in jail or one year probation and a $1,000 fine. Other consequences resulting in taking your driver's license away for a year. If convicted, a person is eligible for a government job and public housing, and it can interfere with college applications and employment. The new bill would reduce those penalties, making it a non-criminal violation rather than a misdemeanor. If the bill passes, Florida will be the 27th state to decriminalize weed. The proposal was filed for the 2020 legislative session, which starts in January. Thank you. This is from ABC Action News article. Written by WFTX. I don't see the person's name or persons like seven people right together. Uh, and this Smoke News Radio, I'm Jason. I'm your host here tonight going through a mirage of uh, cannabis articles out there. This is uh, from thediplomat.com. By Tisanka Siripali in June 2019. Japan's police struggle to curb a sharp increase in cannabis use. 
Despite harsh laws, celebrities embroiled in high-profile marijuana convictions highlight a new generation of social acceptance. Canada recently marked a milestone by legalizing marijuana. Recreational cannabis use in the United States is also advancing. States like California have made global headlines for a progressive marijuana policy for medical and recreational use. But in Japan, marijuana is deemed an illegal drug. Possession is punishable for five years in prison and the possibility of a $17,000 fine. Furthermore, anyone caught in the commercial marijuana trade can face 10 years in prison. Cannabis possession has come into the Japanese headlines after former boy band and popular idol Junsuko Taguchi, who's 33, was arrested in late May for violating the Cannabis Control Act. Taguchi lives with his partner, actress Rina Komi, 38. Both are suspected of possessing 2.8 grams of dried marijuana in their shared Tokyo apartment. The Drug Control Department of Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare says it received a tip-off that the couple were using illicit drugs. They were taken into custody after a search of the apartment uncovered the marijuana, along with instruments to crush cannabis and paper rolls. They were both arrested and charged, but released on bail for $28,000 and charged, but released on bail for $28,000 after Taguchi pleaded guilty to cannabis use. He also confessed to taking up marijuana 10 years prior. Bail conditions prohibit contact between the couple based on the risk of repeating the crime. As customary in Japan, Taguchi made a public apology in front of the press where he vowed to never get involved in marijuana and crime again. Taguchi fell to his knees outside the police station and bowed on his hands and knees for 20 seconds. He promised to take an absence of leave from show business in order to make up for his crime and to start afresh to regain public trust. Superfans gathered in the audience cheered support for his mission to get clean. Although cannabis use is fiercely penalized, law enforcement spends a growing proportion of time dealing with marijuana police agency data. 3,578 cannabis-related cases were recorded in 2018, an increase of 570 cases compared to the year before. 80% of the suspects were arrested on possession charges. The remaining 20% were arrested on suspicion of cultivation or transporting the substance. 
threats were especially prevailing among the young people. 42.5% of suspects caught for marijuana possession were in their 20s, with the people over 30 the next largest group. Japan prides itself on vigilantly upholding tight import controls on stimulants, amphetamines, metamphetamines, which authorities say has prevented drug epidemics like those seen in Europe and the United States from taking root in the country. A Ministry of Health report pointed out that the rate of people who will try cannabis at some point in their life in Japan is almost 40% lower than that of the United States and Europe. But between 2015 and 2017, the cannabis use rate jumped from 1% to 1.4%, which means an estimated 1.33 million people are using the drug. The number of cannabis-related arrests among adolescents is also on the rise, although the figure steadily declined from 1,800 people in 2009 to 700 people in 2013, the trend has since reversed, <clears throat> climbing back to 1,500 adolescent arrests in 2017. The social shift in line with global trends can be seen in social media discussions with some television personalities bucking Japanese conservativeness in favor of more public debate for legalization. But authorities have shown little interest in moving in that direction. In fact, as Japan prepares for the Rugby World Cup and the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, with the accompanying influx of foreigners, Authorities have warned foreigners to be mindful of strengthened customs searches. Chief Executive of the Tokyo Olympics, Toshiro Muto, reminded potential visitors that cannabis is not legal in Japan and all suspects will be prosecuted. Speaking through an interpreter, Miro said that while some countries around the world have relaxed rules recently, unfortunately, the use of cannabis constitutes a violation of law in Japan that needs to be thoroughly communicated. This was brought to you by TheDiplomat.com by Sisanka Siripala, Japan's police struggle to curb a sharp increase in cannabis use. All right, next, let's go back to Florida here. From floridapolitics.com by Janelle Irwin Taylor, August 27th, Floridians overwhelmingly support legalizing recreational marijuana, top pollster finds. The 67% favorability findings in the poll is a massive win for legalization. Floridians overwhelmingly support legalizing marijuana for adult recreational use, 
according to a new survey conducted by Fabrizio Lee and Associates, one of the most respected public research firms in the nation. The survey found two-thirds of likely Florida voters polled favor legalizing the use of marijuana for adults age 21 or over. Of those, 45% said they strongly favored legalization, and 22 said they somewhat favored, and only 29% opposed legalization. The 67% favorability finding in the poll is a massive win for legalization proponents. It sets a solid ground for work on three proposed amendments, seeking ballot inclusion that would require 60% of the vote to be approved. Messaging in favor of legalization is also polling with supermajority support. The three most potent messages tested in the poll address potential voter concerns while also touting the benefits of legalization. and a ban on advertising that might appear to target children. Asked about that message, 70% of respondents said they were more likely to support the amendment. Among those, 50% indicated they would be much more likely. 20% said they would be somewhat more likely to vote in favor of legalization. In another messaging strategy, respondents were told about the burden placed on law enforcement by enforcing marijuana laws, including that legalization allows the courts and police to focus more time on serious crimes, such as gang activity, violent crimes, robbery, and sexual predators. Asked about that messaging, 67% of respondents said they would be more likely to support legalization. The third messaging strategy received 63%. It focused on the impacts of legalization on revenue generation that could support state priorities like education, healthcare, and public safety. Meanwhile, potential opposing strategies fell flat among respondents. Only 46% of respondents said they would be less likely to oppose legalization when told that studies have shown that marijuana use by those under the age of 25 can impair brain development and function. 
that talking point was the most successful among opposition strategies tested. To others, that legalization would make marijuana more accessible to children and that it is a gateway drug polled with 43% and 41% of respondents saying they would be less likely to support the measure. The difference in messaging support shows opposition efforts that have been employed in the past might not be effective. The poll was conducted among 800 likely 2020 general election voters in Florida from July 16th to the 18th. Calls are split 50-50 between landline and cell phone respondents. The margin of error is 3.64% or something. 3.46%. Make It Legal Florida Committee, which is chaired by MedMen Director of Government Affairs for the Southeast Region, Nick Hansen, sponsored the poll. The committee fled amendment language this week that would, that the committee filed amendment language this week that would legalize recreational marijuana use among adults 21 and older and allow medical marijuana dispensaries to distribute the drug as long it was contained in childproof packaging and not marketed to children. The proposed amendment would apply to the possession, display, and transport of marijuana in quantities up to 2.5 ounces and would also apply to marijuana accessories. The Make It Legal Florida Amendment is one of three proposals for the 2020 ballot seeking to legalize marijuana for recreational use. The groups have filed two others. The activist-backed group Regulate Florida, whose committee to raise funds is registered as Sensible Florida recently received enough petitions to qualify for a judicial review, which is necessary before making the ballot. To do that, the group must attain 76,000 certified petition signatures to make the ballot. The groups have to have 76... um, Slow down. The groups have to have 700 and 66,000 certified signatures. Sensible Florida's amendment would regulate recreational marijuana similarly to alcohol. Another group, Floridians for Freedom, is proposing an amendment that would deregulate marijuana, providing only the stipulation that adults could not sell the drug to minors. Hansen told Florida politics is group's amendment is aimed at passing Supreme Court review and reaching enough voters to surpass the 60% threshold for voter approval on the 2020 ballot. He said including language that regulates recreational use similarly to the way medical marijuana is regulated helps accomplish that. He's also encouraged by the polling numbers on messaging showing voters responded positively to the amendments language requiring childproof packaging and banning marketing geared towards children. The Make It Legal Florida sponsored poll supports a recent Quinnipiac University poll that showed strong support for legalization. The poll 
showing areas of 600 something scroll this way a good amount and this was brought to you by floridapolitics.com Floridians overwhelmingly support legalization recreational marijuana top holster finds by Janelle Irwin Taylor August 27th paid for I believe by MedMen put together that that experiment let's go back to Japan jump back on the flights this is from the city AM by a person a human by Mark Davis okay Japan's conservative attitude to cannabis is softening. Cannabis has long been part of traditional medicine in Asia. In Japan, the earliest traces can be found as far back as 8,000 BC. This may be the earliest ever recorded. It is only since the mid-20th century that usage has become heavily restricted due to changing Western opinions and the enforcement of UN drug treaties. As a result, attitudes across Asia have now become some of the most conservative in the world. However, the stance is beginning to soften. Thailand's recent legislation of medical marijuana represents a watershed moment for the continent as they followed the lead of South Korea, who surprised many to become the first East Asian country to legalize medical cannabis in November 2018. Experts now predict the other countries in the region will follow suit and legalize the plant for medicinal purposes. The prohibition partners estimate that by 2024, the legal cannabis market in Asia, which is home to more than half the world's population, could be worth upwards of $8.5 billion. And it's estimated that Japan and China could share 90% of this market. Even though conservative attitudes in the two countries have been predominant, with laws that are still far stricter than in Europe or the United States. This is evidenced by comparing recreational usage, which are only 1.4% of people aged between 15 and 64 in Japan have ever tried cannabis, compared to 29% in the UK and 40% in the US and Canada. So why is the Japanese government now looking to heed the World Health Organization's proposal that cannabis be reclassified to reflect the mounting evidence of its medical benefits. It's not because of any change in Japan's conservative values. It is instead of an economic imperative. For a while now, Japan has been facing a financial draining national crisis that Prime Minister Shinzo Abe wants to avert. The reason is that Japan's senior citizens currently enjoy the world's longest life expectancy, living for 85 years on average. This means that 33% of the population is now over the age of 60, and this is projected to reach 40% by 2060. 
In fact, annual Japanese healthcare expenditure grew at a pace 40 times faster than the economy from 2000 to 2016. The region's spending on healthcare is estimated to reach 2.7 trillion by 2020. For a country with a shrinking number of taxpayers and the highest national debt in the world, 235.96% of its GDP, treating them all is becoming unaffordable. It's also why now expect Japan to become one of the largest medical cannabis markets in the world within the next decade. Prohibition Partners report says that this market could reach 800 million by 2024. The advantages of doing so are obvious. Faced with the dilemma where advances in medical treatments continue to put further strain on the universal healthcare systems around the world, medical cannabis is an inexpensive and effective alternative to many treatments, especially as it is now widely viewed as a non-toxic and non-addictive substance for pricey prescription drugs. And signs indicate that Japan's political leaders are aware of this. In 2016, the use of cannabinol oil, CBD, became legal and the market almost doubled in size year on year. In 2018, the government approved a clinical trials for Epidiolex, a cannabis compound that helps treat epilepsy, and about 40 farmers have been granted licenses to grow plants so further research can be conducted into CBD. If laws are relaxed further, Japan can then attract expertise on foreign cannabis firms. Ironically, for the same Western nations that originally convinced it to demonize marijuana. Within a few short years, this legal and cultural transformation could herald a vibrant, multi-billion dollar domestic Japanese medical cannabis market that is open and accessible making for another curious tale in the cannabis comeback. This is from cityam.com. Japan's conservative attitude to cannabis is softening. And this was written by Mark Davis. Thank you very much. Let's uh, stay in the water here, find out what's happening in the... uh, Florida world. All right, this is, I think, this is a quick briefie brought into you from CBS Local um, without the video. Some words. Uh, this is from Tallahassee, CBS Miami. Very, like, six hours apart, eight hours apart. A question about legalizing recreational marijuana in Florida is a little closer to possibly being on next year's ballot. The political action committee, Make It Legal Florida, has confirmed it filed a petition with the state's division of elections. If the petition is approved, the group would need to gather more than 750,000 signatures from registered voters before the question can appear. The proposal constitutional amendment would let people over 21 purchase and use up to two and a half ounces of marijuana for recreational purposes. 
Agricultural Commissioner Nikki Fry has said she supports letting voters to decide. This is a quick one from CBS Local out in Miami. So we just got our toes wet there. This is from the Sun Sentinel and see if it gave us uh, any goodness on this or do we have to subscribe? Subscribe, damn you. Okay, from the SunSentinel.com. Florida's thriving medical marijuana industry is number two in nation for growth, report says. This is by Brett Clarkson, August 14, 2019. Florida's burgeoning legal marijuana market is second only to Oklahoma when it comes to growth rates, according to Marijuana Business Daily. Of the 36 states where medical marijuana is permitted, Oklahoma, Florida, Ohio, Illinois, Maryland round out the top five for rate of growth, the marijuana industry publication reported. Oklahoma is the home to the fastest growing medical marijuana marketplace because of its relatively high percentage of medical marijuana users. 4.1% of the state's population and its low barriers of entry include the fact There's no list of qualifying conditions for patients, Marijuana Business Daily reported. In Florida, a state that does have a list of qualifying conditions, about 1.6% of the population is registered, according to the publication. On a daily basis, Oklahoma sees an average daily patient increase of 641. In Florida, that number is 609. After Florida is Ohio, which has an average per day medical marijuana patient increase of 282, then it's Illinois with 187 and Maryland with 125. This is brought to you by the Sun Sentinel out there in Florida. And from the MJ Biz Daily, still swimming around in Florida, we have published on the 28th. Um, maybe this one will do it. Okay. Florida medical cannabis licensing issue heads to state Supreme Court. A court case that could break up Florida's vertically integrated medical marijuana structure and open up new licensing opportunities in the fast-growing market is headed Toward the final step of a long legal process, a divided appellate court denied the state's request to rehear the matter, sending the case to the Florida Supreme Court for a potential review. The new service of Florida reported, business have to be waiting anxiously for a final decision on how the courts will resolve the challenge to Florida's MMJ structure and licensing caps. The legal limbo has created tremendous uncertainty for licenses, and they want a stable marketplace to operate in. Jeffrey Sharkey, executive director of the Florida Medical Marijuana Association, recently told Marijuana Business Daily, the crux of the legal challenge is that Florida's licensing restrictions run counter to the intention of the constitutional amendment passed by voters when they legalized MMJ in 2016. The most recent court ruling ruled that the structure is unconstitutional 
but would give the Florida Health Department time to establish new licensing standards. The Florida's MMG market currently resembles an oligopoly. Six vertically integrated companies operate more than 80% of the state's 155 dispensaries, according to the state's 23rd update. Chop, chop, go, go. A split court appeals court on Tuesday refused to grant the state's request to revisit a decision that could revolutionize the way medical marijuana operators do business in Florida. Instead, the First District Court of Appeals asked the Florida Supreme Court to decide whether the state's vertical integration system of requiring licensed operators to grow, process, and distribute cannabis and derivative products runs afoul of a constitutional amendment that broadly legalized medical marijuana in Florida. In an unusual twist in a high-profile lawsuit, Five judges on the appeals court recused themselves from deciding whether the case should get a hearing by the full court known as an unbunk hearing. The judges did not explain their recusals. In a 2-1 July ruling, a panel of appeals court upheld a Leon County Circuit judge's decision that found the state's vertical integration system conflicted with the constitutional amendment approved by more than 70% of voters in 2016. Government Ron DeSantis administration asked the Tallahassee-based appellate court to revisit the panel's decision, which Florida officials argued injected confusion and uncertainty into the state's medical marijuana industry. But after the five judges recused themselves, the remaining judges split four to four. Less than a majority voted in favor of rehearing en banc, Tuesday's ruling said. The decision came in a drawn-out lawsuit filed at Tampa-based Florida Grown, a medical marijuana company owned in part by prominent strip club owner Joe Redner. The company challenged provisions of a 2017 law that was aimed at implementing the constitutional amendment. Under the law, the vertical integration system requires operators, dubbed medical marijuana treatment centers, to handle all aspects of the cannabis trade. If the state did not have a vertical integration system, companies could focus on individual aspects of the business. Critics of the vertical integration content that it shuts out firms from the industry. In the concurring opinion Tuesday, supporting the decision to deny a rehearsing, Judge Scott McCarr concentrated in part on differences in definitions of medical marijuana treatment centers in the 2017 law and in the constitutional amendment. The statute says medical marijuana treatment centers shall cultivate, process, transport, and dispense marijuana for medical use. While the amendment says a medical marijuana treatment center is an entity that acquires, 
cultivates, pro- possesses, processes, transfers, transports, sells, distributes, dispenses, or administers medical marijuana. The power of the legislature does not include rewriting clear language in the Constitution, transforming a disjunctive or into a conjunctive and, Marker wrote, no evidence exists that people via the elemental language of the medical marijuana amendment clearly intended a market limited to only a fully vertical integrated medical marijuana companies, he wrote. Because the law so clearly conflicts with the Constitution, en banc review is unwarranted and would serve only to further delay the inevitable, which is to allow for a Supreme Court to weigh in and definitively pass upon the matter, which the panel has prominently accommodated. McCarr added, McCarr and Judges James Wolf, T. Kent Witherell, who is now a federal judge, made up the three-judge panel in the July 9th decision, which upheld in part a ruling by Leon County Circuit Judge Charles Dodson. Dodson issued a temporary injunction requiring state health officials to begin registering Florida-grown and other medical marijuana firms to do business but his order was put on hold while the state appealed. Marker joined Wolf and judges Joseph Lewis and Ross Bilberry in opposing the request to rehear the case. In the conjuring opinion, McCarr noted that the decision to ask Supreme Court to decide the matter leaves the existing legislatively established oligopolistic vertically integrated market structure intact. Even in the Supreme Court denies review and the panel opinion becomes operative, no floodgates will open that threaten ruination on society akin to reefer madness. As might be feared, McCarr wrote, properly regulated, medical marijuana serves an important public health goal in accord with the intent of a supermajority of Florida voters. But in a sharply worded dissent, Judge Brad Thomas sided with his colleagues for refusing to take up the case again and ripped the three-judge panel's decision. Thomas noted that the marijuana remains a Schedule One drug under federal law, which means it has a high potential for abuse. The decision not to revisit the appellate ruling will have a profound impact on the public safety, Thomas wrote, arguing that the July decision usurps the constitutional authority of the legislature, which carefully considered and approved these policies. And the governor who signed the legislation and whose Department of Health is responsible for implementing the policies. Thomas warned that the preliminary injuncture will result in the increased potential for the unregulated use of marijuana, a dangerous drug which has been seen in numerous studies represented a significant harm to both young people and others who may now be permitted unfettered access to this drug. James N. Kemmel Thomas 
Timothy Ostashausen and Harvey J. joined Thomas in seeking to hear the case in bonk. But they did not write separate opinions or sign on to Brad Thomas' dissent. Chief Judge Stephanie Ray and Judges Clay Roberts, Lori Rowe, Susan Kelsey, and Thomas Winokur were accused. Despite the unusual circumstances of the split decision and the number of judges who did not take part, Tuesday's ruling did little, if anything, to change the landscape for medical marijuana operators already in the state or for those seeking entry to what is projected to be one of the nation's most lucrative cannabis markets. It's obvious the court will split on how to resolve the issue in the case. Jim McKee, a lawyer represents licensed medical marijuana operators and companies seeking to do business in the state, told the News Service of Florida in a telephone interview. He added that it was surprising that five judges recused themselves from Tuesday's decision. Like others in the industry, McKee is waiting for the state Supreme Court to have the final say on the issues. The high court ruling could have a far-reaching impact. Operators' licenses are routinely selling for upwards of $50 million. But the value of those licenses could plummet if the court does away with state caps on the number of medical marijuana operators or if the court decides that vertical integration contradicts the constitutional amendments. Thank you. This is from WJCT.org. Split Court Refuses to Revisit Major Pot Case, August 28th. Wild World out here, you're listening to Smoke News Radio, where if you can find it on Google, then I guess it's happening. Let's go swim over to Japan. All right. This is from Mainichi.jp, Japan, and this is August 16th. Written by Kazuhiro Toyama and Suyon Kimu, City News Department. This is Foreigners may have fled Japan to avoid marijuana possession trial. A foreign man in Tokyo appears to have fled Japan following his March arrest on suspicion of crimes related to the Cannabis Control Act and subsequent release after court rejected a request for his detention in a chain of events that ultimately forced the cancellation of the trial. According to individuals connected to the case, the man is a Vietnamese national 
in his 20s, who was a resident of Saitayama Prefecture, north of Tokyo. He entered Japan with the student residency status and was arrested in Tokyo on suspicion of possessing cannabis in March. A Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office made a request to the Tokyo District Court that the suspect be placed under detention for a period of 10 days, but it was rejected. The prosecution then went through the procedure of lodging a quasi-complaint on the basis that there were fears he could abscound. But another judge in the district court rejected the complaint again, and the man was freed. Following his cooperation with the voluntary investigation, the man was issued an indictment without detention on May 15th for acts contravening the Cannabis Control Act. The man had promised to appear at a court hearing, but the court was unable to deliver the indictment. An investigation into the suspect's whereabouts was then carried out by the court. It was confirmed that the suspect left the country some days after his indictment and then and that he had yet to return. According to the Code of Criminal Procedure, if an indictment cannot be delivered to a defendant within two months of it being decided, it becomes void. On July 19th, the district court dismissed the prosecution, thereby abandoning the trial. Minichi, a foreigner, may have fled Japan to avoid marijuana possession trial successfully. Successfully. Let's see if this one wants to do good. This is Smoke News Radio. This is from Nippon. Dot com and it was written by Pixta no I don't know I don't know but it's from nippon.com the doorway to Japan this is getting higher cannabis offenses rising in Japan While stimulants are still the illegal drug that keeps Japanese police busiest, cannabis usage is rising. Japan's police took action against 3,500 people related to cannabis offenses in 2018. This is a year-on-year increase of 570, greatly surpassing the previous record in 2017. The number of cannabis-related cases police handed also rose by 722 to 4,600 in total. Overall drug cases in Japan for the year involved 13,800 people. Cases related to stimulants were the most common, involving 9,000 people. A slight decline from the previous year, although only 197 people were involved in cocaine-related cases. This is more than triple the number in 2014. 
Around 80% of the cannabis cases in 2018 involved possession, followed by dealing, cultivating, and receiving. Cultivation in particular has been on an upward trend, with 152 people apprehended in 2018, compared to 116 in 2014. A steadily growing proportion of these cultivating marijuana for commercial purposes. Overall, 762 people, or 21%, were members of criminal organizations. The number of people in their 20s apprehended for cannabis offenses in 2018 rose year-on-year by 347 to 1,500, accounting for 42% of the total. In a serious increase among minors, 400 people under 20 were apprehended in cannabis cases, a year-on-year rise of 132. The overall number of those apprehended for cannabis offenses was 3.5 per 100,000 persons, an increase over the three rate in 2017. The rise for young Japanese people is particularly notable. While five per 100,000 persons in their 20s were involved in marijuana cases in 2014, this was 9.4 in 2017 and 12.2 in 2018. For those under 20, the rate rose from 1.1 to 4.1 in 2017 and 6 in 2018. This is brought to you by Nippon.com. Getting higher, cannabis offenses rising in Japan. So you're listening to Smoke News Radio. I'm your host. Jason Brodsky, and we are putting some good things down here for you. Find what's good. Okay, this is from the Herald Tribune, happening out there in Florida. Florida Agricultural Commissioner Nikki Freed flouts federal law with a concealed carry permit and a medical card. Marijuana. Sarasota. Could Florida Department of Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried be busted by Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosive Agents for violating federal law? According to the Schedule One regulation that governs the America's marijuana policy, the answer would appear to be yes. Fried, the only Democrat, freed, the only Democrat in the Florida candidate, voted much of her 28 campaign to advocating for greater access to medical marijuana in Florida. Problem, she has also made no secret of her license to buy medical marijuana and to carry a concealed weapon. I have both, Freed said on a true V sponsored Marijuana Solution podcast shortly before taking office in January. So I want to make that very clear that I will not be taking anybody's concealed weapons permit and not or not renewing them. I see no conflict between the two. But the federal government does classify the Controlled Substance Act in the 70s 
and Schedule 1 drug, marijuana by definition has no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. The federal law would seem the Trump state concealed carry laws, meaning in some experts' opinion, Freed cannot legally have both her cards. Although science has for many people long since demolished the no medical use dissertation and more than 3 million Americans are estimated to be registered medical cannabis users, the federal definition hasn't budged an inch since Richard Nixon signed it into law nearly 50 years ago. And as the ATF made clear when it updated in 2016, it's form 4473, the background check that gun buyers must complete before making a purchase from licensed dealers. What state legislatures do is irrelevant. The use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized by medicinal or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. Nearly one out of three Floridians are estimated to own guns. As a medical cannabis gains in popularity, so does consummate anxieties about the law. We deal with people who already have guns, and it's one of the most common questions we get about medical marijuana, says certified financial planner Cindy Clark, who along with fellow Sarasota attorney Jeff Young conducts Ask the Gun Lawyer Q&A sessions with local gun dealers. A lot of medical marijuana distributors will tell them, oh, no problem, if you've got a medical card, don't worry, you're golden, and that's just not true, says Clark. But all we do is tell people the law. If you want to break it, well, that's up to you. Young recalls an angry medical marijuana distributor from Miami telling Young to stop giving out bad information about guns and weed. The dispensary owner maintained that Floridians could legally indulge both because marijuana because he saw Freed stand on the courthouse steps and hold up a marijuana card in one hand and a concealed carry card in the other. When Young tried to correct him, the distributor said you could lie about marijuana use on your gun permit application. The law would never find out if you had a medical card because under Health Information Privacy Protection Act, medical privacy laws, there's no cross-checking of those things. In fact, according to the Washington Post review of 112,000 federal gun purchase denials in 2017, because applicants identified in foreign categories and the ATF investigated 12,000 and prosecuted just 12. But Young told the dispenser, if your gun is involved in a shooting incident and the cops go through your wallet and find both cards, they can pull your 4473. And if remarked to know at the same time you had a medical card, they can charge you with falsifying your 4473, which is a felony. When the Herald Tribune contacted the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services for clarification, Press Secretary Max Flugeroth said the issue is pretty clear in an email. Federal Statute 790.06 provides a limited list of factors, such as felony arrests, which the instructor deems the applicant capable 
etc., upon which our department must approve or deny a concealed weapons license. Therefore, the department is prohibited from asking questions outside that scope, which would include medical marijuana card possession. However, the deeper dive into that statute, specifically 790.062N, sets a list of conditions concealed carry applicants must meet so long as they're not in violation of any other provision of federal or Florida law. Those words again, federal law. Queried once more about federal law superseding Florida law concerning firearms. Flugarath wrote back, Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services does not oversee or regulate gun purchases or ownership in any capacity. And that's the whole point. Schedule 1 is turning us into a nation of liars. Six bills, any one of which would end cannabis prohibition, have been introduced to Congress this year. The Marijuana Justice Act, the Marijuana Freedom and Opportunity Act, and the Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act, and Ending Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act, the Marijuana Revenue and Regulation Act, and the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. Will somebody on Capitol Hill please squeeze on the trigger on this monster before more people get hurt? This is uh, Billy Cox from the Herald Tribune bringing you some goods here, right here, Smoke News Radio. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. My name is Jason Borotsky, and, um, oh, wow, okay, there's actually some people listening out there. I want to give you all a quick second, uh, if you're close, you're both on. Who's uh, who's on the phone right now? Cool, cool. We got some listeners out there. I'm so stoked. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, keep going. Rock on. Wow, super cool. I don't know if people even listen to anything. So, so awesome, people. I like you. I like you. You're so, so super cool. Where's, where's, where's that song I like? Give one. Yeah. So if you did it. A billion people died on the news tonight. But not so many cried at the Mama said, it's just make-believe You can't believe everything you see So baby, close your eyes to the lullaby On the news tonight Who's the one to decide that it would be all right? Behind the news tonight Well mama said You can't believe everything you hear The diegetic world is so unclear So babe, 
Mamas 